This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast. This one on a Thursday evening, August the 12th, 2021. Travis Ryer and Charlie Potter back with you here on the BOL Pod. As we move throughout another week, another day closer to the start of the 2021 college football season. Certainly plenty of action overall Bryant Drive these days as fall camp 2021 well underway. The Crimson Tide looking ahead to its first scrimmage of the preseason that'll take place on Saturday afternoon at Bryant Denny stadium. But I'll tell you what, Charlie on a Thursday night, it's feeling more and more like football. We've got NFL preseason action tonight, some Alabama ties and those two games in the NFL, but got some cool baseball tonight as well with the field of dreams game up in Iowa in the cornfields of Iowa. And I just noticed on Instagram, Charlie, Looks like Patrick Murphy, the Alabama softball coach, is doing some Insta Live from up there. He's at the game tonight. Which are you more excited about, this Field of Dreams game, Charlie, or maybe the preseason football? I'll be honest, I forgot that was tonight. So that tells you, I guess, my <laughs> level. Your football, your football um, guy, right now, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I put together a list of the Alabama players on rosters for the preseason this morning, and it's it's a job in and of itself just to keep up with how Alabama many is it now? Alumni and the next level. It's eighty, and wow. um, eighty. You know, that's eight zero. That's, that's not including, or it is including guys like um, Dylan Moses. Um, you know, he's, he's dealing with a, uh, injury Landon Dickerson, you know, and everybody knows what happened to him in the SEC championship game. I think, uh, Quentin Williams is currently on the, the PUP list. So there's a couple guys that are, that are out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's first week of the preseason, first full week, at least, um, there'll be plenty of guys getting opportunity, plenty of guys just, you know, watching in sweats from the sideline, but you know, whether it's this or you know dealing with preseason camp, it's you know you're you're starting to get back in the swing swing of things, and uh, it it does like you said a minute ago, it's, it's starting to really feel like football season. Yeah, and you got all these little league, World Series, regional games on, you know, so that tells you the season's getting close because when we get to Williamsport for the little league World Series, you know, college football is right there, and it ought to be fun on a Thursday night, which. We expect to see Mac Jones behind center for the New England Patriots. You're going to have certainly plenty of Alabama flavor to go along with him in New England these days. Christian Barmore, Anthony Jennings, Dante Hightower, Damian Harris, and then for the Washington football club with uh, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. I guess Landon's still up there. Is he still in D.C.? Is that is that right? Is Cam, what's Cam Sims up to these days, too? 
Yeah, they, they've got those four. So the two defensive linemen and um, Landon Collins and, and Cam Sims, they're all in their active roster. It, it is kind of strange because, you know, there for a while, the, the Washington football team really dominated in terms of how many former players they uh, they had on their roster. Uh, now it's down to four. But, I mean, you know, there's there's plenty of teams that have, you know, four. But right now the the team that has the most is the, the Las Vegas Raiders with six, and they have three former running backs. A whole damn uh, backfield. On their roster. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, if you, I guess you could count B.J. Emmons, even though I don't I don't count him whenever I'm adding all this up. But, no, I mean, in Washington, it, it's a little strange to, to see it that low, and it's, it's taking some getting used to to see guys like uh, Sean Deon Hamilton. He's now in uh, Detroit. You have Ryan Anderson, who's in New York with the Giants. So they they their numbers have dwindled, but they still have a pretty strong contingent up there in Washington. Yeah, Jonathan Allen got paid this offseason. It looks like Dane, Deron Payne. I'm already trying to get Damon Payne into the league. <laughs> he's had, what, four practices, five practices at Alabama. I think he's got a little work to do. But you got to think Deron Payne's going to get paid next. I guess another game you got tonight, Steelers and Eagles in the battle for PA. Uh, Devontae Smith, as we know, is – been dealing with a bit of a knee problem for a couple weeks i guess he's a little bit questionable tonight as you mentioned landon dickerson's situation but Najee harris uh, assuming we see him a good bit on a thursday night a lot of people interested to see the doke walker award winner from the 2020 season yeah, I mean, we saw uh, in the Hall of Fame game last week um, when the, the Steelers and the Cowboys played up there in Canton. Um, you know, Najee Harris got some work early. I, I think, you know, he was the only running back on the field for like their first three possessions. And then you know, they pulled him out of the game. And you know, he's going to have a probably a heavy workload this season. So I, I know they want to get him acclimated, but not put a lot of tread on those tires because. Um, you know, the run game is certainly an area that, that Pittsburgh wants to improve. And you know, there's probably going to be some guys that see little to no playing time. Uh, I mean, the Steelers, they know what they have in Minka Fitzpatrick. I, I don't know if we'll see him, um, you know, with Devontae Smith, if he is dealing with that uh, knee injury still. They probably don't want to push that too much in a preseason game. But you know, there's some guys that are, you know, battling for for spots. Um, you know, J.C. Hostenauer's uh, hung around a little bit up there in Pittsburgh as an offensive lineman. And, you know, they've had issues in their offensive line. So I'm sure he would be open to a, a, an opportunity. And, and Ross Pierce Baker, another guy that's spent some time up in Washington, he's with the Eagles now. And, um, you know, we won't see Landon Dickerson because he's on uh, the NFI list, the non-football injury list. But Ross Pierce Baker, you know, late in the game, he should see plenty of him. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting matchup. It's always good to see, you know, those two teams get together considering how close they are, and uh, plenty of Alabama flavor in that one, too. Isaiah Bugs, I guess, trying to stick with Carl Dunbar in that Steelers defensive line. It's just, it, it's a never-ending list. Never-ending list. And in the preseason, it's it's underscored because you got expanded rosters. Certainly, mm -hmm. uh, we anticipate that 80 shrinking a bit, perhaps, as we get to week one of the NFL season and roster cutdowns are made but uh plenty plenty to keep up with from the nfl perspective if you're an alabama fan uh you've also got your atlanta Braves surging now in the nl east charlie what about it four games over 500 i don't do the radio show anymore you don't do the friday appearances on southern fried sports <laughs> is this merely a coincidence where it was the, were those the things needed to help get the braves over the hump now with the braves right there with the phillies 
atop the NL East? Maybe. Um, <laughs> I did see <laughs> right before we started recording that, you know, they were down five, went to the red. Ah, jeez. So, uh, Spoke the, too soon. The, the curse is back with us talking about them. But no, I mean, yeah, they made some moves um, and, and moves I think they needed to make. And hopefully this literal roller coaster of the season will smooth out and continue that steady trudge uphill to you know, the playoffs. And, and hopefully Philly's been hot. In the post. Yeah, yeah. Philly's been white hot. And uh, the Braves, you figured, why sell? Because you, you, you kind of figured the Mets were going to met at some point. Um and there the Braves are, right there in the thick of it in the NL East once again. All right, let's get into some Alabama football. First, let's talk about Thursday's media viewing periods. Pushed back from Wednesday when weather moved through the Tuscaloosa area, but one day later, the media able to catch a glimpse of the Crimson Tide during Thursday's practice. And as it is always the case, Charlie, I know roll. Uh, keeping up with absences, who's in, who's out. Uh, is a big part of what you do when you're out there. And I guess there were still a couple of names of note, either limited or maybe didn't see on the practice field altogether. Yeah, I mean, I, I've actually gotten asked that a lot just in doing radio shows with people wanting to talk about uh, Alabama football. Just what do you look for when you go to practice? And it, it does sound boring when you say, well, you know, I do roll call, but it's important. You know, you you go out there and you look for anything missing and anything out of place. That's really the, the two key things for me, at least. And today, I think both of those things were important because, um, you know, we continue to not see LeBron Ray and Braylon Ingram um, with the defensive line, both those guys dealing with injuries, but you know, DJ Dell was there, but he was kind of hidden. You know, if you weren't really looking for him, um, you, you might've thought he was just missing altogether. Uh, but he was in full uniform, but off to the side. And, you know, there's, there were plenty of guys I think it could probably fit into that description as well. But you know, that's just a, an update on the offense or the defensive line. When, when I was watching the, the inside linebackers, I didn't see Shane Lee, um, you know, not sure exactly what's going on there, but everybody else was accounted for, uh, the tight ends. I know that's been a position of interest here of late with Jalil Billingsley missing the first two practices, but <clears throat> he continues to be back out there on the practice field and, uh, he's still at the back of the line. You know, that was something Nick Saban kind of made a point of emphasis, um, during his last press conferences saying that, you know, he has to work his way back up the depth chart, which you never really hear Nick Saban say depth chart, but he did there. And, um, you know, he's at the back of the line, but I, I didn't see Caden Clark, the true freshman. He is another guy too, that, um, you know, he dealt with an injury, I believe last year. Uh, so he, he came to Tuscaloosa probably needing to do some recovery of sorts, but the rest of the tight ends were there. And then for me, I, I think maybe the most interesting thing in practice was watching the corners. Um, this wasn't it, but you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry didn't look to be doing anything. Um, you know, the video we got, I believe Monday, some people were, were wondering where he was because he wasn't going through drills. And you know, a user with an eagle eye really uh, picked him out uh, on a knee back in the background. And uh, so with him kind of looking lemon today, that kind of matches up with, with that. Uh, but for me, seeing Brian Branch doing some things with the corners, um, you know, I wrote that down immediately when I watched them. And we've seen that in the past. We've seen DBs work on, you know, at, at both safety and corner. Hell, we've seen Devontae Smith you know, get some reps at corner, uh, at times. So it's not that big of a surprise. I think, uh, Brian branch is really a, um, Swiss army knife back there in the secondary. He can do uh, a lot of things, wear a lot of hats, but 
yeah, those are the big takeaways for me. Um, you know, I made note of the offensive line, the receivers, the outside linebackers, nothing really changed there. And then uh, just a ton of NFL scouts were at practice today. Uh, it was almost kind of hard to, to keep up with them, but uh, that, that's really no surprise whenever you, we've been out of practice and, and seen them scattered across the field. Yeah, with Billingsley, it was really interesting, I thought, with Saban following Wednesday's practice and that he specifically mentioned COVID protocols in relation to Billingsley. And as you said, I didn't think there was a depth chart. Charlie, what's what's Saban talking about? He mentioned some depth chart, you know, that uh, uh, Jalil was going to have to work his way up, uh, you know, from from the situation. So. I think if you connected enough dots with that situation, though, you, you kind of got an understanding of what the, the situation consists of for Jalil Billingsley uh, as he looks to build on a nice sophomore season from 2020 and become more of a star in 2021. Hey, Charlie, anything else from practice we need to hit on from the media viewing periods uh, before we head to a break? And when we do come from, back from the break, we're going to look ahead to Saturday scrimmage at Bryant-Denny Stadium. We'll talk about some areas of particular interest for both of us as Alabama goes into that first scrimmage of the preseason. But before that, anything else, Charlie, for Thursday? Not really. Um, I, I know some people have asked for pictures of um, Kendrick Blackshire, the true freshman inside linebacker. I posted video of the inside linebackers doing drills, and I think you and I are in agreement there. That, that guy's just a, a unit. You know, he's a, a specimen. He came in at – uh, I think 245 is what he was listed at. He's down to 232, but you know he he fits right in. He doesn't look like a newcomer, and really none of the young linebackers do. And that includes uh, Deontay Lawson, who's really running fourth or fifth through the inside linebacker line. Ian Jackson, uh, Dallas Turner, and Keanu Coote over there at the outside linebacker position. So I, I think just for me, and we've had three viewing periods now. Um, the the biggest takeaway is just the insane amount of depth Alabama has at the linebacker positions. It's just it might be the deepest the entire unit's been since I've covered the team, and that's saying a lot considering the linebackers that Alabama's recruited and then you know put into the NFL during Nick Saban's time. Yeah, we know what Alabama has in Will Anderson, and on Monday had a chance to have those guys right in front of us working on some pass rush techniques and stuff like that with South Sunseri. And thing that continues to impress me, and I know he addressed the media here in the last few days via Zoom, and I loved what he had to say about Anthony Jennings because long been an Anthony Jennings stan who, again, you can see tonight, preseason football with the New England Patriots. Uh, I, I thought that was awesome that he – and it probably surprised people. You know, he, people probably think that he's watching Terrell Lewis or he's watching, you know, other guys that have played the position. Uh, but it was really neat to hear him talk about Anthony Jennings and just the consistency there. And I think you see that with Will on the practice field because Monday you watch the drill work. Um, and this is a guy who literally doesn't take a rep off, even in individual periods. He just does it right, does it at full effort, full attention to detail. Each and every opportunity he gets, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, Will's a guy that you know, he had a outstanding freshman season. Um, yeah, I think there's been a lot of hype placed on him uh, after what he was able to do the second half of last year. But he's a guy that's really attacked this offseason. He said it in the spring that 
he wanted to um, better learn the entire defense and, and not just his position. And, you know, the benefit of having a spring, having a summer, I, I think that'll um, you know be a good thing for him and really every player. But for Will Anderson, he can take that next step because he has that time on campus. He has that time working with uh, David Blue and Dr. Ray and, you know, spending time uh, just working on his craft and uh, by all accounts, whether it be from him or teammates, Nick Saban, Pete Golding, um, you know, they've said that he has a better grasp of that. And I think that'll allow him to be, um, you know, more consistent. That's really the big thing is that last year he had a great close this season. Just imagine if he put that all together. So I think there's, you know, a bright future ahead of Will Anderson. That's not a groundbreaking statement, but <laughs> He's uh, he's doing the right things in order for that to, to be a reality, and I think that's important. Yeah, the work ethic. It's just uh, very impressive to see, especially from a young player, um, because you come off the type of finish to that season that you outlined. It could be easy going into that sophomore season to kind of feel like you got it all figured out. And you listen to Will Anderson, you watch him on the practice field. Uh, he clearly understands that there is still plenty of work to do, and when you talk about Anthony Jennings, that started on first down. That started on early downs. That started in setting the edge against the run. And I'm still, I'm sure that's still an area where Will understands he's got growth uh, to 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 get into the, you know, in, into the bank a little bit, so to speak. But uh, what he says and what you see from him, more importantly, tells you that he's very much on his way. Going to take a break here on the Bama Online Podcast, Travis Ryer. And Charlie Potter, the BOL staff, talking fall camp 2021. When we come back, we'll look ahead to Saturday scrimmage at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Both of us will throw some areas of particular interest out there in relation to that scrimmage when the podcast returns right after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Back with more of the Bama Online Podcast, Travis Schreier and Charlie Potter on a Thursday evening. August the 12th, 2012, getting you ready for Alabama's first scrimmage of the 2021 preseason. So let's get into it, Charlie, and you get us going. Uh, we'll try to keep this to three or four you know, areas that we're going to be particularly interested in. Could be positionally, could be individually, uh, could be intangibly. Some things that you're looking for for a team that has to replace a lot of leadership from a year ago what do you got up top maybe what are you thinking strikes you immediately when you think about an area a player that has the most to prove maybe in Saturday scrimmage yeah I mean for me it's it's what I've been talking about all off season is the wide receiver position because losing a guy like Devontae Smith who's going to be you know at, at least on an NFL sideline this uh, this evening and losing a guy like Jalen Waddle that, that's big and uh, there's going to be a lot of inexperienced players taking on new roles. And we know what John Mechie brings to the table. I think Slade Bolden proved that you know, he's a serviceable option and he's one that the coaching staff trusts to put out there on the field. But 
beyond that, it's it's unproven guys. And you've heard a lot of good things about Jamison Williams over the course of the summer. You know, these young guys have continued to make progress, whether it's a Jai Hall, uh, Christian Leary, Jojo Earl's done some good things. Uh, and then the guys coming back and, and Javon Baker and Trayshawn Holden, who really only played kind of in garbage time last year. All of those guys are going to have to step up. And I, I think the the tune has maybe changed from the beginning of the summer to where they have all steadily made progress uh, for the most part. And then I want to see Saturday and, you know, maybe what Nick Saban says right after and what we hear transpired in the scrimmage just – you know, how that first and second group of receivers perform, because, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if it's, you know, uh, Mechie and, and Slade Bolden and Javon Baker uh, with the ones, maybe some Trayshawn Holden mixed in there. But does a guy like Jamison Williams, you know, get a crack with the first team as well? Does, you know, Christian Leary or Jai Hall or Jojo Earl, you know, get some run with the ones? I, I want to know, you know basically personnel how guys looked, you know, what the situations will be. I just think receiver um, is important for these guys to have, you know, productive and consistent performances in both of these scrimmages. And, uh, you know, getting off on the right foot in this first scrimmage will be really important. You know, I have been explosive play guy throughout the offseason. And I think that's incredibly important you know how this team is able to go about manufacturing explosive plays not with the expectation that it can match what we saw a year ago on a game-by-game basis but be somewhere in the neighborhood at least you know what we haven't really talked about just fundamentally something that was overlooked because those guys were so great it's just catching the football right on a consistent basis it became so much easier to just focus on big plays with Judy and Smith and Ruggs and Waddle. Uh, it's like we took for granted that just about everything that came their way. And now look, they played with a couple of quarterbacks who were pretty damn accurate into <laughs> a Tonga Vailoa. So Mac Jones. So it wasn't like they got overextended on a consistent basis, but uh, just the ball did not hit the ground a lot with those guys. And so probably need to start there first and foremost, but from there, uh, kind of how it plays out. Uh, yeah. in in terms of who really emerges and, you know, kind of also sends a signal to some opponents like Miami, you know, they're monitoring things as best they can. And if they go into that opener feeling like, well, you know what, let's challenge these guys. They don't have all those guys anymore. Let's, let's man them up. And let's put an extra guy in the box and not allow that run game to kind of have its way with us. Uh, you know, you're, you're kind of positioning yourself that way as well. And speaking of which, I'll stay on the offensive side of the ball, Charlie, and the right tackle position, right? It sounds like mm-hmm. it's been pretty consistent on the left side, the right side, the candidates that you sort of expected at that right tackle position with Kendall Randolph and uh, J.C. Latham and Damian George and maybe even mixing in some other guys. Uh, th- that's where I'm, I'm interested too. I, that, that's a pretty easy one, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, that does seem like that's kind of the, the missing link of the offensive line because it's been pretty consistent with Evan Neal, JV and Cohen, Chris Owens and Emil Ekiord. you know, for the most part, even dating back to the spring, uh, Kendall Randolph has really been the man there. And you have, I've 
you know, beat the drum on if they played a game today, it would be Randolph in the starting lineup. And I think that remains the case. I, I do think it's been interesting that we've seen JC Latham pretty consistently, um, you know, work with the twos. I know Damian George and Pierce Quick are also getting uh, some reps there. Uh, but I think JC Latham's the future of the position or at least a future you know, starter on this offensive line. But yet yeah, can someone challenge Kendall Randolph enough to where they shake things up after the first scrimmage? Because we really do see um, some movement up front after these, uh, the offensive line seems like, you know, if, if something um, doesn't go right in the scrimmage, then they'll change it at Monday's practice. And that's always, you know, interesting to see how it plays out. But yeah, I think the offensive line as a whole just needs to continue to you know, develop that chemistry and cohesion. Um, you know, asking Chris Owens about it earlier today, he just talked about um, you know the significance of going out there and and playing without the coaches yelling at you. But he also talked about how uh, this helps you create value for the, yourself and value in the coaches' eyes. And I think for the offensive line, especially uh, if you can perform well against uh, this defense going against whether it's the first or second team defensive front, um, then you're going to be, you know, you're going to create that value for yourself. So, yeah, I mean, offensive line, I mean, if you didn't mention it, I was going to, but for me on the offensive side of the ball, that's, those are two, I guess, position battles that uh, I'll be still continuing to watch throughout the preseason. Yeah. And intangibly, as we've talked about, a great bit here on the podcast so much leadership out the door so chris owens uh needs to be a reason why that unit doesn't hear a lot from the coaches he needs to step forward and i anticipate he will if he hasn't already and um working with a new quarterback and a second year player there and bryce young uh, that's where a guy like brian robinson too even evan neal because he is a th- third-year starter going into his third year as a starter. Emil Echior, certainly a, an experienced player. Jonathan Mechie now you have to sort of view through that lens. So intangibly, some of those guys uh, factoring in heavily as well. Hey, defensively, I'm going to go with another easy one, at least in terms of how do they come out or how does the rotation work? What do we get a sense of? From the inside linebackers with Henry Toa Toa, so much positive buzz to this point of camp. You sort of expected that. This guy's a player. It's documented. He was very good for Tennessee. Uh, and then Christian Harris. But how they sort of work that one-two. And then Moody in that as well. The one-two-three, I guess you could say, Charlie. Uh, you expect them to be effective. Uh, but how do they sort of line up? Who is maybe the mic? Who is the primary signal caller? I'm going to guess, though, that they let two or three of those guys kind of take turns in that role as they move throughout the preseason. Yeah, I, I didn't know we were doing a snake draft with you getting back-to-back takes. That's what I was going to say. So. <laughs> oh, Charlie, you know me by now, don't you? Come on, Charlie. But no, I, I think for, for the defense, that's number one on the list is just the inside linebacker spot. And honestly, it's regardless of what happens, they're in a good spot because – I think exiting the spring and going into the summer, uh, I think most people felt good about Christian Harris and Jalen Moody leading that group with some talented young players behind them. But adding Henry Toa Toa to that mix has only made that um, position group and really the entire defense better. And, you know, the, the early returns are nothing but glowing reviews about Toa Toa and what he's been able to bring uh, to the table. You know, he's stepped into a leadership role, and I think that's big. 
Um, but this will be his first real test in an Alabama uniform because you know, clearly he didn't go through spring practice. So this is his first scrimmage. And you know, just how does he operate? How does he look? Does he fit in? I, I don't think that'll necessarily be a problem. But like you said, just what the inside linebackers look like in terms of the rotation and how they're used because you could choose to play all three with the ones. I think they have kind of rotated there uh, throughout the offseason and early in the preseason. Who is the Mike linebacker? Because something a lot of people have said about Toa Toa is just, again, his leadership and his ability to quarterback a defense. And we've talked about it. And if that's what it ends up being, that takes some pressure off Christian Harris to just you know fly around and, and knock the piss out of people. So um, I, I think the, the inside linebacker position is in a good spot because beyond that, you know, like we talked about before the break, the the depth there is just absurd. So, you know, can a guy like Deontay Lawson continue to make up ground on some of those older guys? Can some of these uh, – can someone like Kendrick Blackshire, who's fit in, can he, um, you know, improve his position in the pecking order? You know, is Shane Lee, if he's available, you know, can can he be that fourth linebacker? What about guys like Demoy Kennedy and Jackson Bratton going into their second year? So, yeah, inside linebacker, I just I think it's an intriguing uh, position and one that, for me, on the defensive side of the ball, it has to be at the top of the list. Yeah, the roster for the inside linebackers you just ran down is why taking role at practice can be especially challenging because when you have that many quality guys – it's very easy to miss one of them when you got seven, eight, nine guys at one spot, like Alabama has an inside linebacker. Uh, it, 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 it's, it, it can be, you, you got to run down that entire list. And so, yeah, I think you said it. If Shane Lee isn't available, is it Deontay Lawson? That's sort of that fourth linebacker. Um, you know, Deontay was thrust into a pretty prominent role uh, in the eight, a game and certainly responded as extremely well. Um, so it's not just the top of the depth chart at inside linebacker. There's that midsection to uh, sort of consider as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be Lawson as the the fourth guy because you know he's been up near the front of that position line every day we've been out there. Uh, he had a hell of a spring, and I think it says a lot that he was thrust into that first team role uh, when guys like Christian Harris and Shane Lee were were missing from the spring game. So yeah, I mean. For me, that that true freshman is one. If if they didn't have the three guys at the top, I think Deontay Lawson would be, um, you know, say, just say, you know, they had one of those inside linebackers, which Alabama is lucky enough to have all three. Deontay Lawson would be pushing for a starting job as a true freshman yeah. in the middle of that that defense. He's he's been that good, and I think he's been, at least for me, uh, is someone that doesn't cover recruiting as closely as Hank and Tim. A little bit of a surprise. Take us out of here with a final one, Charlie, a, a specific area of particular interest for you. It can be defense. It can be offense. Anywhere you want to go with it, Charlie, because I know I know, I sort of uh, stuck in there <laughs> in front of you. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, we, we needed to talk about the inside linebackers a little bit. And I, you could go a bunch of different ways. You know, I'm interested to see you know, what happens at corner. I still think Jalen Armour Davis is It's kind of like that right tackle position to where uh, he's been solid there. His, his biggest uh, challenge right now is Kool-Aid McKinstry, but like I said, he's been a little limited. Um, I think you know, special teams-wise, there's a lot of spots wide open, whether it's punter, 
you have you know a bunch of new long snappers heck even holder uh for a guy like will reichard that that'll come to kind of a light uh in this scrimmage the return game nick saban kind of mm-hmm. named some young guys that are getting opportunities there uh but you know you you can't preview a scrimmage and not talk about the quarterback position and for me maybe not so much about how bryce young and paul tyson and Jalen milro perform i'm going to be interested to see who they perform against because I think with Bryce Young clearly being the starter without being named that officially, um, it'll be important for him to face this first team defense. Some in these practices, I don't know if that's in the cards. Maybe they put the, you know, first team offense against the second team defense and vice versa. But I I think he needs to see some, uh, some live bullets against the ones in advance of what would be his first start. So whether it's this week or next week, um, just what they do to maybe challenge Bryce, I think will be intriguing. And then obviously how he performs. We're not going to get stats. That's a, a thing in the past. I don't even bother. We're not? No, because oh, man. I, I don't even remember what year. Uh, I think Jeff Purinton was actually the, the main <laughs> and that last happened. And that might say something. But yeah. I, I do think that, you know, we'll, we'll there were it. some there were some comments made by some media about the uh, the genuine nature of the stats oh, back and, in the hey, day, listen, and that was been, not received well by <laughs> UA personnel. I get that, and uh, and Nick Saban, to be honest with you. So they they went away. They right. went the way of the depth chart. A few years they, uh, I mean, at least we get the depth chart on the. We first do get time. an actual depth chart on Monday game week. You're right, right. yeah. But the the no stats. stats. They were sometimes, you know, they seemed made up, but we, I mean, I'm even if they gave them to you though, you don't have context for the work. You know what I mean? It's situational work. It's even if they did provide stats, you wouldn't know if it was at red zone. Was it coming off the goal line? Was it full field? You know what I mean? Without context, they're pretty meaningless anyway. Ones versus twos, like you said, good versus good. Yeah. Yeah, but then in that same breath, and you know, talking to people after the scrimmage, you'll get a good idea of you know when things were um, yeah. or when you know touchdowns were scored, when turnovers happened. And wait a minute, and, you, you're telling me people will talk after seeing that <laughs> scrimmage, Charlie? Come on now. Yeah, I know it's a surprise, but um, <laughs> I, I do think that the, that's the big thing too. Whenever you're you're hearing things from the scrimmage, is quarterbacks always first. Now, if that you know. Last year in the preseason, you heard a lot about Will Anderson and these outside linebackers, but still, you know, quarterback um, is usually the first thing out of people's mouths. And, you know, I think people will be interested to see what Bryce Young can do and, again, who he's pitted against. But at the same time, it's important for Paul Tyson and Jalen Milrow to continue to progress. I expect them to go 2-3 in that order. And, um, you know, for them to, to get the ball to these receivers, to give them opportunities and, and things like that, it's it's all tied together. But I think it, you know, it starts with the quarterback and you know, people are going to be anxious to see how Bryce and company do on Saturday. I'll be surprised if they don't get Bryce some pretty extensive work, good versus good. I, I could see it in the spring, maybe a little bit more ones versus two, because you were still dealing with injuries and you know, had guys in and out, especially in the spring game. Um, but you still went ones versus ones there. Um, so yeah, that, that will be that. What type of context can we get as far as how, uh, things go down on Saturday? Hey, Charlie, as always, man, appreciate the stuff here on the podcast. Always appreciate 
the great practice reports and updates from Charlie Potter there with us at BAMOnline.com. Thanks, Charlie. No problem, man. And hopefully the Braves can come back once we stop recording this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Field of Dreams game getting ready to crank up out there in the corn of Iowa. And so a lot going on on a Thursday night. We'll have some fun on the roundtable. Message board of choice for Alabama Crimson Tide fans around the woo. Yep, that's where you can find us right there on BamaOnline.com. For Charlie Potter, Travis Schreier, thanking you once again for joining us here on the Bama Online Podcast. Until next time, so long, everybody.